Hello, you're listening to episode 12 of It's Just The One Podcast. Actually, my name is Jake. My name's Adam. This episode, we're going to return to our series of Directed Deep Dive, and we're going to be looking at the films of Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantitos. <laughs> no luck catching them swans, then. It's just the one swan, actually. So, Tarantino, the main man. Massive, massive uh, head in film. That's not a word. Massive head in massive film. Head. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. The big, the big freak in the corner. The big freak, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, massive name in in Hollywood from from the get go. As soon as he yeah, started, yeah. And he's just a big, massive nerd, and that's probably what it comes down to. Because he used to work in um, a video shop, didn't he? When he's like a teenager, yeah. But he'd like seen every single film. He, in the he shop. looks like he. He used to work in a video shop to be nice to him, don't he? He looks like... Not the most good-looking guy, the, he's good looking guy, He's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, Quentin Tarantino. Um, career started in the early 90s and he's just gone... He's just gone from them, really, hasn't he? Um, mm-hmm. Probably uh, the quickest rise up to a big director yeah. ever. His first film, 92, was Reservoir Dogs. He's just pretty much uh, well established immediately yeah. after that film. Super low budget, yeah. a really good cast considering it was his first feature. Mm. Um, he's in it himself, <laughs> which he, she did for like the next like fifteen <laughs> Co- years. He is. And it was dreadful, but um, yeah, written and directed by Tarantino. It's like a it's like a heist heist gone wrong in it. Yeah, you've followed like the aftermath. I mean, pretty sure if you listen to a film podcast, you've you've seen if not. All of his films definitely should have seen. Like, Dogs. yeah, um, I, 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 I fucking love it. I remember watching it when I was dead young. My brother was watching it, and I was just like on the top bunk, like eight years old. <laughs> like, yeah, just <laughs> this is great. Just Tim Roth <laughs> covered in blood, and yeah. Steve Buscemi just going fucking mad. Some are, some guys he is getting cut off. <laughs> yeah, that's obviously that scene as well. Like that's um, sort of one of his um, like key recurring features, isn't it? His yeah. use of music and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. The displacement it has with what's going on on screen but you know that's just yeah. recurring we'll, we'll come on to those like sort of best bits but it sort of set up his stall in a way of what all his other films were going to be so mm. it's non-linear storytelling yeah. um the score the, the story sort of cuts in between different narratives uh different characters um and there's just yeah there's just a lot of lot going on it's just hyper violent mm. um and it sort of yeah sort of announced his style of filmmaking very early on and he sort of hasn't gone away from that no. story ma- storytelling um, all he's all he's done now. really is just like double the length of his films as he's gone along <laughs> yeah because this, um, this was only like 90 minutes long yeah yes yeah, like really short in comparison yeah. to the rest of his films but obviously just like dialogue driven yeah super dialogue heavy but it's this is um while he was recognized um as a great filmmaker to begin with because it's not just like throwaway dialogue every character gets like their own sort of um development just in mm. terms of what their outlook is like yeah. not, not much to do with the story really just like how who these characters actually are like that opening scene where they're around the the table like before they go to do the heist and they're, they're all having breakfast on the table scene. and then they all they have like that debate about if they, whether give, they should tip the waitress yeah, or yeah. not 
and just just by how each character reacts you sort of realize you get like, a little bit of you um, realize who's gonna like background into yeah, yeah. each one of them and they're all arguing over the names and stuff yeah. like oh it's so good yeah joe the guy who's giving out the names um and he's like the crime lord boss he is his name is um his name's Lawrence Tierney. Yeah. Um, an actor who's like quite famous in like RKA years and like classic sort of actor, nineteen yeah. seventies, in and out of acting basically. Yeah. But he's also an absolute lunatic. <laughs> um so during the filmmaking of Reservoir Dogs, Tierney shot at his nephew in a drunken rage <laughs> and was arrested and bailed. He was released for a day from the jail to continue <laughs> filmmaking. Um, this is according to the Quentin Tarantino, and then Tarantino goes on to say that um, they actually got into a fight between him and Tierney <laughs> on the last day of shooting, and Tarantino said that he'd never work with him or hire him again. Um, yeah, so he has a small... It's quite a small role at the start of the film, yeah. Um and Tarantino later referred to Tony as a complete lunatic who just needed to be sedated um, and said that he was personally challenging in every aspect of filmmaking. So <laughs> if you imagine, like, Tarantino's probably at, it's his first feature film and he hires that guy on set and he's just having a fist fight with him in the middle of the set. It just, like, sort of, like, sets... It's just so funny for a first film. Um, but nevertheless, it's a fantastic film. Um, Reservoir Dogs, well worth a watch. It's only like ninety minutes long. Yeah. Um, but it's like classic Quentin Tarantino. Um, the acting's superb. Mm. Um, Tim Roth and Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Particularly. Yeah. Um, Michael Madsen's in it. Yeah. Before he looked like before Michael Madsen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Madsen before he looked like he actually ate Michael Madsen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, he's got like some God. of the. Uh, like some of the actors in there, the ones that like sort of stayed in his close circle of uh, chosen actors going he, forward in his career as well. He says he has a close circle, but he only like. So I think he works with most. He worked with most of them on uh, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, mm. and then he didn't really work with them again <laughs> until The Hateful Eight. Yeah, he just brought them back. He in, just I like suppose, brought yeah. them back in in The yeah. Hateful Eight. Um, but now, like as Adam said, that like a lot of the cast, he sort of. Went back sort of and worked with again, them, yeah, yeah. Apart from this Lawrence Turney who yeah. <laughs> just battered no just and then sc- said you're just not working with me scraps. again. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, I mean, if if you sort of don't uh, know much about Tarantino and you haven't seen his films, you just start start from the bottom. Watch, watch yeah, this first, yeah, yeah, and then you'll know if you like this film. Then basically, you're in, you're just in for a treat. You'll like everything else, yeah, yeah. Um, we sort of referenced it before, so his next film was. Obviously, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Probably the film that he's most known for. Probably yeah. his signature film. Shite, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit shit like, isn't it? Um, <laughs> no, it's classic, really. Sort of like the go It's the go to film, isn't it? When, when people talk about films, it's like. It's the film the, student's yeah, film. Someone goes, Oh, what's your favourite film? And they're either going to say The Shawshank Redemption or Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah, it's the film. And if students. that's their answer, then it's like. Mm. If you're a film student. It's like, yeah. oh, Pulp Fiction's the best film I've yeah. ever seen. Like, don't, don't, don't get me wrong though. It's, it is one of, it, it's yeah, yeah, one yeah, of the yeah, best yeah, films yeah, ever yeah, made. It is, it, is. it is, but um, it's that classic. Like when you're an eighteen year old, um, like 
so you're eight, you're like you just hit and she's just to be like cool and stuff. Oh yeah, Pulp yeah. Fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulp yeah. Fiction is just trying to like stand out and be yeah. indie. Oh yeah, Pulp Fiction is great. Yeah, Pul- <laughs> best film ever made. Pulp Fiction. But all these people have Pulp Fiction posters on the wall, and they can have. Oh yeah, it. everyone has a Pulp. <laughs> 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 everyone has a Pulp Fiction poster on the wall <laughs> at some point, um, or yeah, a Pulp it, Fiction T-shirt. It's oh, just yeah. like oh, it's, it's just, just more everywhere. of a. Oh? Speaking of which, and he, yeah, I've Adam's got, just I've showed got the up wallet, his wallet. But like, I, th- I think I'm allowed. To, I think I'm allowed to have the wallet. The, the wallet's fine. Yeah. Um, but this is it's sort of like a development from Reservoir Dogs. It's gone with the like the deconstructed story. It's yeah. literally told in the strangest order. I think it starts it starts about halfway through. <laughs> um, then it goes to the start. Then it goes to the end, sort yeah. of. Um, and it follows like three or four different sets of characters who are all sort of linked with the same sort of main plot points. Yeah. Um so you've got John Travolta reviving himself in this. John Travolta he's who's fucking amazing. He's this. he is fantastic in this. I still maintain that he's probably the worst actor Bullshit. ever. Bullshit. Um but he is. But he's absolutely fantastic in this alongside um Samuel Jackson. Hmm. And host of other characters, Bruce Willis is in this. Yeah, he plays um, that, that boxer, doesn't he? Plays the boxer. Um, Tim Roth's in it. Mm. I think Rhymes is in it, and obviously yeah. Uma Thurman, mm. who later goes on to just work in basically every yeah. Tarantino film. Basically, he cast Uma Thurman in this, and then he just started like worshiping her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's all like weird stuff about them as well, isn't it? Like there's a- weird things going on between them. And this is the first instance of of the feat as well. This as is, the feat, yes. He, he got his first film up nice and safe, and then he's like, "Right, everyone, I fucking love feet, and you're gonna know about it." <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to feet probably as we go on. <laughs> we've, we've, but it's it's like a constant. Apparently, like all through Kill Bill, mm. he'd do so. He'd shoot the scene, and then after each scene, he'd like shoot the feet. <laughs> So we'd have shots just in case, like he got into the edit and yeah. thought, "Oh, I want a foot shot there." He'd have the foot shot to go straight in. Um, but yeah, as I was saying, so this is like basically Tarantino's masterpiece, um, and probably the first instance of. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that Reservoir Dogs isn't a, a good script writing piece, but mm. I'd say Pulp Fiction is absolutely superb as a mm. piece of writing. Um, uh, as like a script, yeah, it's absolutely su- like Tarantino films, and I think this film in particular are just littered with bits of dialogue that mean absolutely fuck all, mm. and like it's just like weird conversations. Yeah, well, it's like i.e. like the burger one, the royale with cheese, the royale yeah. with cheese, yeah. just like stupid conversations, yeah. but you're gripped by them, yeah, and yeah. like nothing's really happening. It's all the. Tarantino's films aren't they are dialogue heavy but it's more the stuff it's quite it's more the stuff that they're reacting to and what's going on mm. around them yeah than what they're saying in a way um it's more the actions and stuff and like what's going on around them than through the dialogue that how the story moves forward yeah, yeah. in his films um, but there is so many like homages and like little references and stuff to different type different films, different TV mm. shows. Um, he literally, it's it's uh, it is a masterpiece. Like we can we can take the best out of it and just say like it's it's a film. It's every like student's yeah. 
favorite film, but it is a masterpiece at the end of the day. Yeah, um, I'm probably one of the best screenwriter script writing films oh, for sure, yeah. ever. It's like um, it's like the catalyst of non-linear uh, yeah. stories going forward. Like there's 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 been films before this that have used the same sort of uh, script writing technique, but this film is 26 years old, and then you look at films that have come since then where the story's chopped up and it tries to be told. And there's been some good examples, like there's this Spanish film called um, Amoros Peros, which is another film you just watch when you study it. Amoros Peros. And that's three different stories told at the same time, but they're, they're happening at different times and then yeah. they all, you know, they yeah. all sort of come together. So there's good examples of uh, non-linear narratives like that, but then there's others like people try to make films and they've chopped them up and tried <laughs> to piece them together. And it's like, this is fucking shite. Yeah. Um, so it's like, th- like I said, there's been films before that have gone down the road of telling a story all mixed up and, and whatever, but this is like, it's the perfect example. I think this it's is per- it's perfect storytelling. It is. I think this is a good example of, um, independent filmmaking and mm. independent film being put on a pedestal on like a bigger budget and like more, more money and stuff to work with what independent filmmaking can do mm-hmm. in a way um obviously reservoir dogs was an independent film this wasn't obviously got loads of funding for this film yeah um so but he still maintains his independent filmmaking and his independent script writing and stuff yeah. and all all that happens is they just the the running time gets extended mm. his script gets bigger and yeah. he can he can show off more he can be yeah. more ambitious and be more flamboyant to himself and it it shows through his work. Um, I'd say probably him. It's it's very he, he sort of this film in particular sort of like started like a cultural wave of this sort of film. So like um, there was like this. There was True Romance that came out as well. That yeah. Tarantino um, he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. Yeah. Um, them sorts of films were very big at this time, where it was just. Not much, um, lots of dialogue, but not much happening in the dialogue. But a story told non-linear, loads mm-hmm. of different narratives, narrative all over the place. Um, it's like dip- and it works. Yeah, it's like dipping your toe, and it's not even like into another world. It's like dipping your toe, it's just into someone else's life. Like yeah. all, all these films yeah, yeah. take place, you know. Apart from some, we'll get on like onto later. You know, sort of like rewriting history, but yeah. particularly these these early films. These are things that could be happening in the room next door to you, yeah. And you never know, and you just like dip your toe in, so you get yeah. you get involved in these conversations that are also bollocks, like the <laughs> the Royale with cheese one, and it, yeah, they're, they're, they're fucking amazing. But those two films to come out in nineteen ninety two and nineteen ninety four, and he'd yeah. written tro- True Romance bang in, in the middle of that, it. yeah, it's phenomenal. And then uh, from there, like if people didn't sort of believe in him up until that point after Pulp Fiction. People were just fucking exactly. launching money out of yeah. anything. And you know what they call a, a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? I mean, they got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the fuck a quarter pounder is. And what do they call it? They call it the Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese. That's right. What do they call a Big Mac? Big Mac's a Big Mac, but they call it Le Big Mac. Le Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call a Whopper? I don't know. I didn't go on a Burger King. You know what they put on french fries in Holland instead of ketchup? What? Mayonnaise. <laughs> I've seen them do it, man. They fucking drown them in this shit. Yeah. So, after Pulp Fiction, 
he wrote the screenplay for Natural Born Killers mm. with Woody Harrelson and Juliette Lewis. Yeah, yeah. And then he also wrote From Dust Till Dawn and Starting From Dust Till Dawn, which is like the weirdest film. Yeah, another foot thing. Oh my god, that film. That's how my just shoves her entire foot in his mouth and he's fucking loving it. And he loves it, mate. Oh my god. George Clooney's just like, what the hell hell have I signed up for? I bet you he made him shoot it like 50 times as well. Oh my god. He's just so freaky. And then he, 1997, Jackie Brown Mm -hmm. was his next director directing film yeah um the film that he directed can't get my words out um <laughs> i'm not a massive fan of jackie brown i'm not a honest. massive fan of i've seen i'll own i'll own up to it i haven't actually seen all of jackie brown mm. i've seen like the first part of jackie brown and then yeah. like got bored and turned it off yeah um but it was meant to or it is meant to be a like a homage to black sport black sportation yeah, films yeah. yeah um around the 70s mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of film, and it starred the, the the main character Jackie Brown. Yeah, she's sort of known for them sort of films as well, isn't she? Pam um, Greer. Yeah. Pam Greer. Yeah, she's like um, the star of like black film in the seventies. Yeah. yeah. Um, the cast was fantastic. Samuel Jackson, um, Bridget Fonda, Robert De Niro's in there, isn't he? Robert De Niro's in there. Michael Keaton's in there. So the cast was strong. I just I just couldn't get my head around it. It was yeah, just it's like. Um, it's just not for me. I just no. Tarantino's in there again. Like he's he's known he's known for having obviously slow films, but this one for me just um, it was it was just a bit boring. It was the first, and um, it was the first like inkling of what his next few films were going to be, in the sense that it was a homage film to mm-hmm. a certain type of film that probably didn't get the recognition mm. at the time or. It's sort of the film he grew up in, or probably yeah. well, why he, he was creepily he, working in that video store that he was like taking home every night and fucking <laughs> watching the feet. But he he loves he loves um, black exploitation cinema. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. absolutely loves yeah. it. So you can see why he's made the film. Um, but then it's sort of that gets to the point where is it like he's just sort of making a film for himself? Like he's like, oh, I love this, so I'm I'm just going to do exactly. this. Exactly, it's then, not for everyone, but I'm going to do it. Um, and that's fair enough because he he did that again later on his career yeah and you know i think he fell out with sort of effect i think he started around jackie brown fell out with spike lee um so we'll move on from jackie brown because yeah i mean it's, we it, haven't really got I'd, much I'd, to I'd, say I would, I would say it's <laughs> worth watching i know plenty of people who really enjoy the film um yeah I just, it's just not for me i don't really enjoy it to be no with you. not really yeah uh so then 2003 pops up after a little bit of time off so 1997 yeah. he did that jackie brown and he didn't do another film to 2003, but he did two films back to back. So mm. 2003, 2004 is obviously Kill Bill Volume 1 and Kill Bill Volume 2. Amazing. I am going to hand it over to Adam um, <laughs> because I'm not a massive fan of the Kill Bill films. Yeah, Jake, Jake's not fussed on uh, Kill Bills. So this is a, a sort of similar thing to Jackie Brown, except obviously he stepped up. <laughs> it's definitely not black exploitation. It's like hardcore asian super violence and it's fucking amazing so he's brought uma thurman back i, I imagine in those six years him and uma thurman were just like sucking each other's toes and that but <laughs> but, <laughs> but um well no because they had the other thing after pulp fiction and then did I, he actually yeah 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 
Well, it, they were never like officially together, but they were like always like with each other and I'm telling you, mate. Those so in between Gary Oldman, and those four years from Pulp Fiction to when she married Ethan Hawke, there was some oh, the divorce, some definite Ethan foreplay Hawk. going on. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, they def- I reckon they definitely had a, a thing. Like, but it took him ages to develop the script for Kill Bill, like yeah. years and years. Hence the six-year gap between films. Yeah, um, obviously released. The, it's one film just in, in two parts, isn't it? Released uh, back to back, two thousand three, mm-hmm. two thousand four, and then there's rumours that his last film's going to be Kill Bill Volume Three. His last ever film. Apparently so. Um, I'm not sure how true that is, but it'll like follow like the daughter and stuff. Because he wants to do a Star Trek film, apparently. Why? I don't know. Why? Apparently he's got he's doing a Star Trek film. Let as him well. do it then. Like, <laughs> just let him do it. I don't God knows. Um, but uh, yeah, Kill Bill. So like Asian super violence. So people getting their arms chopped off and blood just flying everywhere. There's that famous <laughs> um, fight, and it's like, um, so she, she's called the Bride. Yeah, she doesn't. Have, she doesn't have a name. She's called the Bride, and she fights the eighty-eight assassins in what it's her against eighty-eight fellas in this fight. Oh my fucking god! That's boss. I'll, it's I'll fucking honest, amazing. That's boss. But you've got that. There's that shot in Kill Bill when you go into like Lucy Liu's sort of like palace. Yeah. And the shot like comes through the door and it follows Uma Thurman like up the stairs. Yeah. Is it Uma Thurman or no, is it, Lucy, it Lucy Liu? Lucy, Lucy Liu. It follows whoever it is up dun, the stairs. Dun, dun. And then they go like up the stairs around the balcony and the characters walking in the background but the camera's sort of like explores the entire yeah, room yeah, in this yeah. one swooping shot and then when the character comes down the stairs the other side of the room it like meets them again and that's fucking amazing. Slow-mo. And then, yeah, we spoke about this before we started, that, um, that like, famous music where it does, like, the sort of, like, the jump zooms yeah, yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lucy Liu and her, her fucking squad. Yeah. Um, that music, yeah, J- uh, Jake was saying it's, um, everyone thinks it was, like, written for that film, but it's actually recycled from um, a, an earlier film in Japanese cinema. <laughs> He does Radio 1's in like movie interviews. Oh, what's his name? Ali Plummer's name is. Yeah. And he does, obviously does interviews with like all the, the new films and stuff like that. But he actually does like these big massive interviews with certain people. And he'll do like, this is your, it's like a this is your life thing. Yeah. If it's if it's someone like a legend, they'll do a this is your life sort of thing. And if it's someone who's like an up and coming someone, he'll do like the story so far. Yeah. And they're actually really, really good. And he did one with Tarantino last year when he brought um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood over. Mm. And it's like half an hour of like just chatting, wham, about Tarantino <laughs> films. And he brings up the... That track. That, that track. And yeah. says like that this... And he's like, oh yeah, I got it from this, this yeah. film and stuff like that. Yeah. And like stuff like that. And he talks about like how his films... Um, are influencing homages mm. to uh, films he enjoys and then 
he's seeing in like films in like Shrek. Yeah. Where it's yeah. homages to him and he's like on The Simpsons and stuff and he's yeah. talking about that. Such a good Ali Plum, Radio One, I think they're all on YouTube. Yeah. Well worth a watch, all of them. I think he's done Tarantino was a really good one. He's done Scorsese, um, Spielberg. He's a very good he's a good interviewer as well. He brings out he's not like he doesn't ask the generic questions. Yeah, he, yeah. Asks, he asks the questions. Does his research that, like, and, and gets, does his get, research, gets all, all the juicy And he sort of ca- catches them off guard. And then yeah. they're like, oh, you want to talk about that sort yeah, of thing? Yeah. And like they get, he, he like eases them in and then yeah. next minute they're like yeah. dishing out all sorts. Very good interviewer. No, um, boss, yeah. Watch it on YouTube. But the, especially the, the Tarantino one. Mm. Um, but yeah, as, as Adam was saying, he sort of like, apparently, well, the Kill Bill films in particular, he'll, he took quite a lot from Japanese cinema massively, and like that. Massively, yeah. And like, as soon as he put it into the films, everyone was like, oh, he's such like a, um, oh, well, that, that sort of thing. Mm. And it was like, oh, no, well, no, it's been in Japanese cinema yeah. for like this many he, years. He loves, he loves Japanese cinema. So he's gone, right, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a film that like puts together all my favourite aspects of this genre. Yeah. And that's the thing. He, he doesn't shy away from saying what he's borrowed from yeah. either. He's very modest. Like he's not going to come out and say, "Oh, I took this." But if someone says, "Oh, I really like this," people go, "Oh, well, that's not my idea. Yeah. This is from like the 1958 yeah, yeah. film, whatever." Blah blah blah. And he and he'll just say, "Like, I, and I love it, so I'm doing it." But then it is it is interesting what you said there. Like everyone thinks he's like this insanely. I'm not saying he's not, but like this insanely like creative, like he coming is. up with all these ideas. But it's like he's like a magpie. He'll take that exactly, and then he'll bring it over. Yeah. And he'll take that and yeah. he'll put it together, and he'll make something insane. And I don't think it's it's from a place of where he's taking it to to gain recognition for himself. No he's, way. he's doing it because he he loves that sort of thing and he wants that to get recognition. Mm. Um, I think he's doing it from a place where. There's, there's like particular people who will never probably sit down and watch a Japanese film because they don't exactly. like subtitles or something exactly. like that. So he's doing it to like sort of for them sort of thing mm-hmm. to say like oh well this is you should see this sort of thing this is like yeah. and they'll probably more likely sit down and watch his film than someone else's film mm-hmm. from Japan. Um, absolutely super, like superb and that aspect of it. I just. Not I don't know. It's not for me. The, yeah. the Kill Bill That's films. not for everyone. Like, there's it, not. My my issue with the Kill Bill films, there's not. It's all style, and there's no substance there. Mm. It's I very. Mean, it's very like if Tarantino didn't do that film. If Michael Bay didn't have films, <laughs> it would be god awful. Yeah, but because Tarantino does it, and it's like he stylizes uh, it. Yeah, it's it's good. But it's still it's still hollow in the do, in do the centre. Do you not like the like so if you haven't um if you haven't seen it without giving any spoilers, so basically um Uma Thurman plays the bride. She's called the bride because the film starts at her wedding and yeah, she's yeah. getting married to Bill. And um she's assassinated at her wedding, she gets shot in the head, but she doesn't die. That's that's not a spoiler, obviously. Um but she doesn't die. So then all the people that came to her wedding to assassinate her, she she makes like a hit list basically and she yeah. goes around to to try and kill them all one by one, until she gets she, until she gets to Bill, um, and the sort of journey she goes on, like like that whole like Japanese thing. That's only like one aspect of it because yeah. there's so many different like the range of people she goes after. There's only one Asian person that she does go after, obviously played by Lucy Liu. But um, so it's like a, it's like a four hour journey across these two films for her to reach Bill. 
But um, Bill, it's boss because obviously there's whole, the whole mother daughter, um, sort of. I get yeah. There's aspects of um, that and stuff into it storyline, and then it's the fact that like she's still like actually in love with Bill. Yeah, and all that. I um, just think his script writing compared to his early stuff, and then this. Yeah, I can I can see what you're saying. It there, like, like diff, it like drops story story wise. It doesn't it doesn't match it, up, does no, it? No, not at but all. Stylistically, um, oh my but god, stylistically, it's phenomenal. Like hands it's phenomenal. Down, I'll admit the shots, the shots fantastic. in this film. I'd, oh. I'd, I'd say this is this is best looking film. I'd say yeah, like easily, like massively. Um, like the, do you know that the shots where she's like riding that motorbike. Yeah, and like the colours in that scene are like reflecting off her visor and stuff. Oh, it looks fucking amazing. amazing. Um, but yeah, he definitely sat in the dark room and watched that on repeat yeah. for about and, eight and hours. This, film, this film's like massive with the feet as well. Like, <sighs> she, so when she's in hospital and, she, and she's trying to like wiggle her toe, goes on far too long. It goes on for about twenty minutes. Doesn't she? It's doesn't about she, half um, the film. Doesn't she start the car with her toe? Yeah. Like, everything he just she toes everything <laughs> she does don't she she yeah. like opens the door she with her toes t- and she keeps toeing everything and he's just like oh just, toey yeah so kill bill one is just toes kill bill two is <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon he's like t- all right toey the, toey the, do- the car door handle this is like his direct indirect and toey the, the car door handle like right right and then and then toey the the key into the ignition then then toey it round yeah and then toey me what 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 <laughs> But <laughs> um, um, that scene where she gets, she gets buried alive, yeah, and she like gets away out the, where she's like doing like the the finger like the like like the punch where you like get all your momentum, yeah, 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 yeah. like that's sick. But like I'm really surprised they didn't fucking do that with the toes as well, breaking <laughs> <laughs> up the coffin with a big toe, like Bruce oh. Lee toe. <laughs> yeah, no, Kill Bill. Honestly, um, it's dead easy watch because like Jake said, the story's not. Super fleshed out. It's 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 honestly it's it's well it's, it's, it's well worth a bad, watch. It's, it's, it's an amazing no, it's amazing. Um, so it's just a, it's a it's a good film. watch. It's, it's not, a proper revenge yeah, film. Like. It's not. This isn't me like saying oh it's a shit film. It's a really good watch, yeah. and I do I do watch it yeah. quite a lot. I've got it's like I, I enjoy the film. It just doesn't hold up against his other films, but um, and it wouldn't be the first like if someone says oh what Tarantino film do you want to watch? It wouldn't be the one I'd put on. Adam's gonna take it away again. <laughs> this pit, right? We we talked before we come on on this period of Tarantino. I don't like. <laughs> find that I find that quite strange. Like I can understand why you don't like Death Proof. I can understand that. Death Proof, so shit. But um, this it's um, yeah. I I I consistently enjoy all of his films equally. But then I think in particular the last like ten years, he's gone to like another fucking level. Oh. But, um, I'll come on to that. Yeah. But so, um, just dead quick, he, he he was like a featured, like a, well, like special guest director on Sin City. I think. Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez were the two directors. Yeah. Frank Miller never directed the film in his life. He's mm. a comic book writer. <laughs> and I think he then, after Death Proof, after Sin City, went and done, is it The Spirit? And directed that. And it was like the worst film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> he's so weird Frank Miller honestly he's just I do think though he's Sin a very City. controversial figure I think Sin City he wrote Sin City as a comic yeah. book I think it's amazing I think Sin City and then Rob, Robert too. Rodriguez direct helped like basically directed it for him um, I like Sin City Sin mm. City's a good film you got that like um, it's, it's like the chroma colour thing isn't it where yeah, black and white but all yeah. like certain colours stand out dead like um, shiny and pristine he directed one scene in this film alright so <laughs> 
that that might explain the next one. Then. So basically, I actually thought he directed like a decent. I thought he had like a, a, a big chunk of it. I did because he did get t- he did get promoted that way. Yeah, well, that's but why he actually just directed the scene. He just used his name, I suppose, didn't he? Um, um, but since it is well worth a watch. Yeah, first, first and second are pretty good. Like, but then there's only one uh, or two. What? There's only two. Yeah, I said the first and second are pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, both of them are good. <laughs> <laughs> you make you make it sound like there's a third. <laughs> the first and second are good. Yeah. There's only there's only two of them. Yeah, they're, they're both good. Yeah, um, that'll explain the next one. Then so uh, Death Proof came out in 2007 as part of a double feature with Planet Terror. <laughs> um, listen, they're fucking both boss. I don't care what you say. They're both boss. So Death Proof. Um, it was a grindhouse thing. Wasn't yeah, it? like, like a the 70s, project. like like a double feature, isn't it? Like yeah. the idea is in the 70s you'd go to the cinema. You'd watch like the A film, which in this case is Death Proof, believe it or not, <laughs> and then the B film, which is Planet Terror, which is low budget, proper, like, like poor quality film. Um, but that that was the concept back in the day. Yeah. So Death Proof um, was Tarantino's side, and it's Kurt Russell, feet galore in this one as well. So <laughs> Kurt Russell is a stunt driver, but he's also some sort of like homicidal maniac. Of course. So his car is like kitted out to be Death Proof. Yeah. But only if you're in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, so he starts going to the bar to bars, like picking up these girls. Um, and then it takes a long time, basically. But it's always like split into two parts. So the first half of the film, he picks preys on these like girls in a bar. Um, and to be fair, they're all they're all like great roles. The characters really interesting. You just sort of get this brief insight into their lives and mm. like they're sort of like relationships with each other and then Kurt Russell comes and starts touching all the feet and that like actually um, and then in the second half you focus on another group of women that he sort of preys on but these are like not to be messed with yeah. and Zoe Bell plays one of them so Zoe Bell was Uma Thurman's stunt double in Kill Bill she's an Australian stunt performer she's never been an actor and after Kill Bill Tarantino was like don't you want to like try acting don't you want to get into it and she was like oh yeah go on then so and since then she's been in like all of his films since then yeah which is which is pretty cool but um yeah I, I love I love Death Proof like the car chase is phenomenal the st- mm. all the stunts are real like there's a bit where they're going about 70 miles an hour and that Zoe Bell is hanging like she's head, fantastic she's, she's on the bonnet of the yeah, car yeah. but like head first like her, her head's like hanging over the car yeah, like yeah. fucking insane um Kurt Russell's pretty good in it I love like. I love Kurt Russell. Um Kurt Russell is Yeah, I love Kurt Russell. Absolutely <laughs> like no but don't you laugh, but it's the way he's saying it, like you can't even get your words up. Like I just love I, him. I just love Kurt I just, he's just so good. He's like the things obviously I hate horror films. Mm. Absolutely despise yeah. horror films, but yeah. the thing is like yeah, my favourite horror film ever. Just I'm surprised you don't Kurt like this Russell. more than I suppose you can't, I'm surprised you don't like this. Like you can't see, don't. you can't see past the. I've just read that. Like. That's quite funny. So <laughs> Tarantino attempted to cast John Travolta, Willem Dafoe, John Malkovich, Mickey <laughs> Rourke, Ron Perlman, Bruce Willis, and Sylvester Stallone, but none of them were able to work due to commitments, and they probably were like, no. yeah. But still, I like that all I mean, of them have read the, you know read the script Mickey and Rourke, gone. Mickey Rourke would have been Mickey Rourke in this film. <laughs> 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 but um, death, death proof is like it's like just car chases. The violence is pretty. Maybe I need to rewatch. Pretty it. horrific, like, but it it comes really short spurts. Um, and then it doubled. I know we're talking about Tarantino, but it doubled with Planet Terror, 
Planetara zombie type film. These people get like exposed to this weird radiation. Bruce Willis is in there. Tarantino's in it. But this is directed by Robert Rodriguez. I think Tarantino produced it, I think. Mm. They like produced each other's films. Yeah. Um it's actually fucking boss. The main character only has one leg, so she uses a gun as another leg. And it's like save the world type thing. It's fucking awesome. It's okay. like it's it's actually really fun to watch. I've I've only ever watched both of them back to back once, and do you know what? Had a fucking great we'll time. watch it. We'll do. We'll do them both back Definitely. to back. It's, a, it's it's only like four and a half hours. Go ahead, we'll do them both back to back. Fuck it. Get a few beers in. Yeah. Do a grindhouse. A grindhouse yeah. night. We'll yeah. We'll do a commentary over it. So yeah. Um, um, death proof. Def- definitely. Definitely watch that. Right. Two thousand seven. Death proof. Mm-hmm. Two years later, comes back, and I want to say he's. So he starts off strong with Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction and then he sort of he doesn't fall flat on his face in the middle but he does all his homage films in the middle yeah yeah. and then he comes back and he sort of reinvents himself in a way as this auteur yeah yeah he doesn't he doesn't come back as a film fan Mm. like Kill Bill's obviously made by someone who absolutely loves that sort of film. Yeah. Jackie Brown's obviously made by that yeah. someone who loves that sort of film. He comes back as an author and he does Inglorious Bastards. Which I would put on record as saying I think it's his best film. I think it's his best film. Um I it's absolutely superb. He sort of so Inglorious Bastards is the story of uh, it's World War Two. Um, he sort of retells or he changes history, basically, mm-hmm. doesn't he? Yeah. So, um, set in World War Two, um, there are these um, Marine commandos headed by um, Brad Pitt, mm-hmm. and they like Nazi scalps. <laughs> yep, and they basically go into Germany and start massacring everyone, don't mm-hmm. they? Start killing yeah. Nazis. Yeah. Um, so there's Brad Pitt. He's like the head of the commandos. There's then all the commandos. There's um, Michael Fassbender plays mm-hmm. um, a British soldier yep. agent mm-hmm. undercover. Um, there's obviously there's Christoph Waltz. Mm-hmm. Is basically this is Christoph Waltz to Hollywood, wasn't it? This, oh, yeah. this role. This, this was is, Christ- he, he his arrived, like, yeah, yeah, this is him arriving. He's absolutely, he's, he's the villain in it. And he's absolutely he's like the super like, general, isn't he? He's fantastic. Um, loads of cameos in this film. Um, Mike, Mike, Mike Myers, Myers, being, Mike the, Myers yeah. being the best one. Absolutely <laughs> it's fantastic. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Like, he's like right at the other end of the room as well. <laughs> so you can't really like yeah. see his face and it's just his voice. It's fantastic. Um, honestly, it's it is sort of in a way a homage back to the war films, probably from just after World War Two. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it's just so Tarantino, like Tarantino, all over. Yeah, lots of blood, lots of gore. The violence, um, the narrative. Like he goes back to doing the, the yeah, yeah. He goes back to doing the Pulp Fiction narrative where. Mm-hmm. It's not non-linear, and there's like different narratives going on all the time. Mm. And then they come back, come yeah. together at once in this big, massive um, finale. Yeah. I won't give anything away if you haven't no, seen no. it. But for me, it's the best film he's made. Um, 
for a couple of reasons. One is the the cast is casting is superb. As I said before, uh, Christoph Waltz is absolutely fantastic. Um, Brad Pitt. I'd never get the thing with Brad Pitt is that people don't like Brad Pitt. Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic in this film, especially where he's trying. He's um. <laughs> Speaking Italian. Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> that, that scene though is like, it's fucking hilarious. It's these, so funny. These American people trying to speak in Italian accents. Yeah, but and and then it's like the whole tension of the situation as yeah. well. They're like premiering this film and all like the top Nazis coming like Goebbels is there, Hitler's yeah, yeah. there, everything. Um, and then Brad Pitt's character Aldo Rain, he's like. <laughs> They just got given their names in Italian, and that's it. <laughs> and then Christoph Waltz is German, and he can speak French and English. So they're like, oh, yeah, we're all sound. And it's like, oh, these are my three Italian friends. And then Christoph Waltz starts speaking Italian, and you're like, oh, <laughs> fucking hell. Like, these, like, <laughs> these, like, undercover Americans are, like, completely fucked now. And then he's like, says, like, a pure, like, massive speech in Italian. <laughs> and then Brad Pitt just goes, grazie. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets, it's, it's the second guy. He gets to say his name. Yeah. What's he called? Gaul Army. Yeah. No, no, that's Brad Pitt, Gaul Army. And then <laughs> the second cool. guy, I can't remember his name, but it's, 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 it's Eli, Eli Roth, Roth, isn't it? He says, say Eli your Roth, name. And, and he's, he's, he's like really struggling. Yeah, yeah. And he gets to Brad Pitt and he's like, say your name. And he's going, Gonani. <laughs> Gaul Army. And then he gets to the last guy and he's like, Dominic the Coco. And he's like, very good. <laughs> like, like, he, fucking, he fucking knows they're not Italian. But the last one, he's like, oh, that's actually pretty good, yeah. The amici della vedetta ammirata da tutti noi, questa gemma proprio della nostra cultura, saranno naturalmente accolti sotto la mia protezione per la durata del loro soggiorno. Grazie. Gorlomi? Lo pronuncio correttamente? Uh, sì, corretto. Uh, Gorlomi? Per cortesia, me lo ripeti ancora. Gorlomi. Mi scusi con me? Gorlomi. Ancora una volta. Gorlomi. Come si chiama lei? Antonio Margarete. Ancora? Margarete. Un'altra volta, ma adesso vorrei proprio sentire la musica delle parole. Margarete. Margarete. E lei? Dominic de Coco. Come? Dominic de Coco. Bravo. Bravo. Well, mate, that's, that's 30 seconds of that film. Like, the, the, the sort of comic relief within the tension oh, is, is phenomenal. It's genius. And you get a lot of that in the... Um, that tavern scene as well. Well, that's the other thing I was going to come on to. So we've spoken about it before, but that scene is just probably one of the greatest scenes ever. Yeah. Um, Just for sheer tension and script writing, build up, acting. It's got everything in that. It's like, it's just a dream to like yeah. to analyze to like for every single part. Like if, if you're an actor, if you're a screenwriter, if you're a director, you can just analyze it from every other, every direction. Yeah, um, it's e- absolutely superb. Even like the payoff as well. It's just so much more than yeah, you could yeah, even yeah, like yeah, hope yeah. for. Like yeah. extreme levels. One thing with um, Tarantino that sort of stems particularly from uh, Glorious Bastards going forwards was like his violence, because it was much more realistic mm. violence. Mm. He got like loads of fucking stick, basically, didn't he? Yeah, saying like, "Oh, you're like." basically like the whole like gta argument like oh if people watch your films and your characters are going around scalping people they're going to be violent which i i couldn't like disagree with that argument more like yeah 
you're not going to go and hurt anyone because you've watched the film. If you're going to go and hurt someone, it's because you've got something wrong with you. Like that's exactly. just, just what it comes down and, to. Like not not to make fun of it or anything, but if you're watching Glorious Bastards and then want to go and hurt someone, you're likely going to go want to go and hurt a Nazi. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what's what's the problem? <laughs> so <there>? what's <laughs> what's the issue there? Like oh, fucking hell. Um, that, that interview did with that uh, Krishnan Guru Murphy from Channel Four. Oh my god! And he was he was really like getting under Tarantino's skin. Yeah, and yeah. He just flipped and he was like, "I'm not fucking answering your question. Like, I know what you're trying to do, and you're wrong." Yeah. And since then, he's not really had too much of a like an issue with it. I think that that was no. about Django. I think wasn't it? It wasn't. It was. I think that was with Django. Django. He's a he's a not bad that interview though because yeah, he, yeah, he, he did it. He did it to him. Um, like he did it to Robert Downey Jr. as well. Yeah, he fucking swerved them as well. Didn't oh, yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, moving on from Channel Four, yeah. Um, Inglorious Bastards is is his best film. I always sort of try and debate between that and uh, Django, but I, I think Inglorious Bastards, when you really like look at like the details, mm. it stands up. And it's just echoing the Absolutely. things you said, like the cast, Christoph Waltz coming yeah. in and carrying that role. Like he's fucking terrifying, but he's yeah. also really funny because he's got like his broken English and stuff. Um, and you sort of see how like insanely talented he is. Like he's literally speaks four languages in that film. Yeah. Um, Brad Pitt's like that's one of his best roles, I think. Easily. Um, the two women in the film, they're amazing. And because it takes place over like four years, you get this like massive sort of story arc as well. Yeah. yeah it's fucking awesome. Like, best film, hands amazing. down. Watch it. I think it's still on Netflix. I think. Django. 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 We talked about Django before. Yeah. So we won't go too much into Django other than it's absolutely fantastic. It's phenomenal. And please see earlier episode for <laughs> <laughs> for, for more reference. Best films of 2012, Django Unchained. Django Skip Unchained. to the end and you'll, yeah. you'll hear all about it. Yeah, no, absolutely, um, absolutely superb. We'll talk about some bits like because it's mm. fucking awesome. So it's a, it's like, it's a Western. Um, Christoph Waltz returns... <laughs> As uh, what's his name? <laughs> what's oh, his, his name character's name, yeah, yeah, Dr. King Schultz, Dr. Schultz, who is a bounty hunter mm. disguised as a dentist. <laughs> um, and then he buys Jamie Foxx as a slave, yeah, for the sole purpose to include him as a fellow bounty hunter and freeze him, doesn't he? Yeah, so he frees Jamie Foxx and they start working together as bounty hunters. Christoph Waltz wants to, um, kill Leonardo DiCaprio's character yeah and the reason Jamie Foxx gets involved is because Leonardo DiCaprio's character Calvin Candy I believe um, uh, owns Jamie Foxx's wife yeah so uh, sort of dual uh, motives from the two lead characters and it fucking kicks off big time the soundtrack in this film is phenomenal Um, there's a lot of original songs which he doesn't usually do usually recycle songs mm. songs that he likes like he's like his homage to film he brings back songs that he yeah. loves and makes them popular again but in this there's a lot of original songs yeah john legend sings a song in this and it's fucking banging um kerry washington's in there she's amazing mm. she plays uh jamie fox's wife um sam jackson sam jackson's like, back in it as like the uh what's he called like the it's like the the sort of character he plays is it like the, the old, uncle the old like uncle tom yeah he's like the uncle tom type um this this film got like serious backlash in this yeah. for use of the n-word yeah um spike lee again spike lee yeah but 
Will Smith turned this film down. He did, yeah. Yeah, because he already what did a, Wild Wild West, obviously, and didn't want to do another cowboy What a film. bad fucking move. Um, what a bad move. But, you know, like anyone would. Um, first, film to in, first film to introduce Leo and Quinton. Yeah. And bloody hell, does it? <laughs> I think ugh, he should have got a supporting Oscar for Definitely. it. I think everyone in this film should have got a fucking that's Oscar. It, all all the Oscars. Mm. Yeah, that's insane. And I probably I quote quite a lot of Leo in this film. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, there's, been, there's been a lot of lies at this table. <laughs> <laughs> there's been a lot of lies at this table. And <laughs> <laughs> like, like the gif where he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like crashing when he turns it's around. Like that new meme where he's like, have you seen it? Where he's got <laughs> yeah. the little thing <laughs> <laughs> the Leo seal of approval. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's fucking awesome. Oh, but like those those scenes when um, they go in, they go into the like the plantation house. Yeah. And all the scenes like where they're upstairs. Oh fucking hell. Yeah. And it's it's like all the characters know what the motivations are, and then eventually they find out why Jamie Fox is there, and then that's when it all yeah. kicks off and stuff. But those the conversations they're having between each other, and it's like that, he's got like that that table, hasn't he? It's like a turtle shell table or yeah, something. Yeah. And then when he figures out like. And he, Leo kicks off, and he's like, "Put your hands on top of that turtle top table." <laughs> so like, and it's like, he's, it's like proper like alliteration. And he says it best. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. But yeah, that, that line. It's been a lot of lies. <laughs> just in a table tonight. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking. He's like, he's unreal. Isn't he? That that like this ten year spell he's had. Fucking unreal. Has anyone like ever been better? Probably one of the best actors. <sighs> Absolutely emotional. Love him. But yeah, Django. Um, Will Smith's it's, it's, <laughs> Will Smith's nightmares. I can't uh, believe he turned up. I, told, mate, I said that, I like episode believe. two when I started kicking off about Will Smith. I told you he's a fucking idiot. Why would you? Why? <laughs> <laughs> why? I don't understand. I've done a wild west film. Yeah, I, I've, I've done a western, and it was fucking obviously the best western that's ever existed. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the film as a whole, um, it's it's literally, it's it's. It's so close to being like his best film. Yeah, obviously, but we, like we've just said, um, it, obviously it's not. But it, it, I think it's second it's by a mile. Bad. It's like yeah, it's like you've got uh, *Glorious Bastards* like a hundred, and this yeah. is like a ninety-five, and the rest it's, for me are like around ninety. It's treading on *Inglorious Bastards* coat a bit, like yeah, the yeah, back yeah. of its coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, That's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's it's yeah, yeah. like it's there, it's but it's not just quite there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is by a country mile better than the others. Um, For sure. And it's another um, sort of like a rewriting of history type thing as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he has another little cameo in it. Yeah. That's Fortunately, his last, his last on-screen cameo. Absolutely diabolical. For some reason, he's fucking Australian. But <sighs> this isn't a spoiler, I'm going tell you, but he gets, he gets fucking blown up, which is amazing. <laughs> But for some reason, he's he, he's just playing he an Australian act. fella. He <laughs> like, can't what the act. Fuck are you like doing? Quinton, give it up, mate. Stick with the scripts and the directing. Stop putting yourself. In. No one wants to see that face on the screen. Like, is, behind the behind the desk in a blockbuster. Sorry, but no, but no. When I was saying before about uh, planetary and that mm. his role in that, he eventually turns into like. Some sort of like radioactive mutant in that film, and oh, he looks is. better. He looks oh better as one of them. He's so ugly, isn't he? <laughs> 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 but 
great. No one's perfect. <laughs> I like can't him, have that much filmmaking talent to be like him and Harvey Weinstein ran the fucking Hollywood for years, and they're both I like. I know. I mean, jab the hut's offspring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So obviously, um, the Weinstein company produced. All oh yeah, just the, just, films. just the quick one with this. Yeah. Before uh, Harvey Weinstein was convicted, obviously, um, the Weinstein company. So before they were the Weinstein company. They were Myra Max, so they did like his early films in the nineties. Then they sort of stepped away from Myra Max, and yeah. Bob and Harvey uh, made their own production company. But yeah. then I think with this film, Sony Pictures also produced yeah. uh, Django Unchained, um, and then obviously after the Hateful Eight, like post two thousand fifteen, when Harvey Weinstein was convicted and all and, and all that, uh, Sony Pictures took over yeah. the the producing role. He's um. He sort of distanced himself away from Harvey Weinstein, but oh, yeah. um, you can't you can't take away like how much of an influence Harvey Weinstein probably had on Quentin Tarantino's career. Oh. Unfortunately, yeah, like, um, th- but like, you can say that for a lot of the nineties films. Yeah, I mean, and the noughties, but like the yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he's done as he's 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 distanced himself away from Harvey Weinstein, but. It's there, isn't it? It's there. It's um, the start of all of his films. His names at the start of all of his films. And it's just, it's so the way it is now. Mate, honestly. But uh, um, yeah, moving on from mo- Django. Moving on and, from that. And all that business. Um, 2015, the Hateful Eight. So in the last episode, we we didn't speak about this because this is what we left it for. Yeah. So this is like a three hour epic. Another Western. It's um, like Reservoir Dogs meets Django. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like Reservoir Dogs, but told a hundred years earlier. Yeah, it with basically the same this, cast as with well. the same cast, and Chan and Tatum pops up for yeah. like a minute. How mad is that? It's just mad. Um, How mad is that? Yeah, he Eight. he gets a lot of. I don't know if sticks the best word. People just didn't like it. People didn't they? like it. They were bored. I liked it. I thought it was, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. So it was shot on like uh, Panasonic, like ultra widescreen. Mm. So when we went to it in the cinema, didn't we? Mm. That was fucking amazing. Beautiful. Like, couldn't get over it. Um, so. <laughs> four. Four. Just me and Adam sitting there. Four. <laughs> <laughs> eating our nachos. Look at our Well, it's not a lie, is it? It's not a lie. That's that's us. Um, Sorry, mate. (laughs) Fucking telling you. (laughs) Fuck off, that. (laughs) Um, So it's it's it is a super long film, but you stick with it. it, It's it's worth it. So the first like forty minutes or so is Samuel Jackson, Jackson, Sam Jackson, (laughs) Jackson, Samuel Jackson and Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um, It starts with Kurt Russell, who is. Bounty Hunter again got another Bounty Hunter in the Western he's transporting um, a criminal to a town called Red Rock yeah to be hanged because he is called the Hangman John the Hangman Ruth yeah um, they bump into Samuel Jackson along the way yeah uh, they pick him up Samuel Jackson um, who obviously is black um <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? 
It's Jamel Jackson, who was obviously black. <laughs> Go on. Go on. So after Adam's... F- after Adam's fine observation. Who does he play? He's like a he's like a general, isn't he? Okay, yeah. So Samuel Jackson, um, Major Marquis Warren. He's like a former sort of general. Um, he's black in the civil. <laughs> it was the civil war, wasn't it? Um, Surely it was. Uh, I think it's just after the civil war. Yeah. So he was a for- former general in the in the civil war. Um. So, obviously, there was still no um, equality between blacks and whites at this time. That's what I was trying to say. Um, and then, so there's a bit of tension between the characters already. And then later on, we pick up um, Walton Goggins' character. He plays um, Chris Mannix, who he claims he's the sheriff of Red Rock. Um, we don't actually ever find out if he is. Yeah. And then, but he's like super racist. Um, he won't. He won't sort of accept that he's like has to spend his time with Samuel Jackson now. Anyway, 45 minutes later, after lots and lots of. Um, conversation we arrive at a little tavern like is it like miss Maisie's tavern or something uh minnie's haberdashery minnie's haberdashery that's the one um, it's gonna get cozy for the next few days and when they when they arrive there's people already there but minnie is nowhere to be seen mm. eventually and, and eventually, kate russell knows them doesn't he uh, kate russell knows minnie yeah he's suspicious so we end up with eight characters um we've got kate russell um jennifer jason lee who's playing um Murderer. The murderer, the bad bitch. Um, <laughs> Walton Goggins, Samuel Jackson, Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, yes. Bruce Dern. Michael Madsen just slumped in the corner. And the Mexican. Takes up half the yeah. fucking camera lens. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, already, they're already at the uh, the haberdashery. Haberdashery. Um, things develop, things change. They're called the Hateful Eight for some reason. They've all got uh, dark motives. Yeah. Um, and as usual... You go through two hours, two and a half hours of dialogue, and then shit kicks off. Um, Big time. But it's got it's got like a cool little, not a twist, but it's like you get a bit of sort of uh, no, exposition. 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 So you get a bit of exposition via a flashback, yeah. which I'm pretty sure is narrated by Tarantino. Could be wrong yeah, there. Yeah, it is. Um, so he wormed his way in there somehow. Um, <laughs> Zoe Bell's also it's in like this Michael film. Michael Caine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the film develops. It builds tension really well. Um, I can see why people didn't like it because doing sort of two back-to-back Western mm. films. Um, Very different from Django, though. Yeah, massively different. This is sort of like a... turns into almost like a whodunit, doesn't it? It's. I was about to say, it's very oh. like... Um, it is like a who's done it, like yeah, a yeah. like a like a Poirot sort yeah, of. Yeah, it's, it is. It's like sort of like an like a detective type thing because you you, you can't trust a single character. Every yeah. character's suspicious. Um and then as it goes on, basically someone dies. We won't tell you who, but someone dies. Yeah. They get poisoned. And then it's like, who, well, who the fuck poisoned them? Who's yeah. got the reason to poison them? And it goes on and on and on. Um, it's, it's it's fucking awesome. Tim Roth's amazing in this. Um, his character's, like, superb. Like the little camp English fella. If you're found guilty, the people of Red Rock will hang you in the town square. And as the hangman, I will perform the execution. And if all those things end up taking place, that's what civilized society calls justice. However, 
If the relatives and the loved ones of the person you murdered were outside that door right now, and after busting down that door, they drug you out into the snow and hung you up by the neck, that would be frontier justice. To me, it doesn't matter what you did. When I hang you, I'll get no satisfaction from your death. It's my job. I hang you in Red Rock. I move on to the next town. I hang someone else there. The the way this film shot, oh, fucking hell. There's, like, some of the, like, sort of shots I remember from it. There's, like, all this, like, chains hanging down. And yeah. Kev also, like, flies through, like, knocks him out of his way. And the camera, like, sweeps, yeah. like, right to left in front of him. Looks fucking awesome. And the, you know that scene where Jennifer Jason Lee's playing the guitar? I knew you were going to say this and then Kurt, Russell, Kurt Russell's character uh, the hangman's just like will you fucking shut up and he grabs the guitar but the guitar she's playing is like a full on antique like, it's an antique isn't it yeah. thousands of dollars it's a um, yeah so it, it was not a prop so it was an antique um, yeah. 1870s Martin guitar lent by the Martin Guitar Museum <laughs> to Tarantino like and according years old to almost. the sound producer, the guitar was supposed to have been switched yeah. with a copy to be destroyed, but it wasn't communicated to Russell. <laughs> Everyone on set was pretty freaked out at the guitar's destruction, and Lee's reaction on screen was genuine. Yeah. yeah. Um, though Tarantino was in the corner of the room with a funny curl <laughs> on his lips, because he got Creep. something out of it with the performance. Yeah, so... He's playing this guitar, and then Kurt Russell basically has enough. And he's like, "Oh, just just shut up!" And he, gra- he snatches the guitar off it and like smashes it against like a pillar. And it's meant to be a cut, but like he wasn't meant to do it, but he didn't know. So he's like smashes this hundred and fifty year old antique yeah. guitar. But Jennifer Jason Lee like screams, doesn't she? Because she knows. And then it, it, the cut only lasts like so, it's so short because she must have like looked to the camera yeah. or like you know to Tarantino, <laughs> Tarantino <or something>. just <laughs> laughing in the corner. <laughs> but um. <laughs> Oh no, it's fucking awesome, and it just it just adds to it. It's all great. little bits like that. It's great, um, and it's set in like a snowstorm, so there's always like, like looks the, beautiful. Yeah, and then all, like the all like the cold air from the breaths like go yeah. around, and no, it, it's it is a really beautiful film, actually. Superb film, um, cinematography wise, and every character's fucking awesome. Yeah, um, and then there's like little little instances you learn, like some of the characters like know each other, or, like yeah. know of each other, yeah, and yeah. it all becomes very like nasty and uh, violent. And it's got a good payoff as well, I think. I think it's honestly up there. Really obviously, it. it's not top one or two because we put no, them no. so far ahead. But it's so good, like script writing. Awesome. Like I've I've read in like interviews and stuff. Like he he wants obviously once he's done directing, he wants to go to like stage and stuff mm. like that and direct plays. And apparently, this is like it's, it's top. It's like yeah. top of his play yeah, wish yeah. list. It's like made he wants more, it? perfectly. It's very much for like it. reminds me of like. Proper like those like fifty style films like Rear Window yeah and like yeah, Dial yeah. M for Murder like apart from that like Hitchcock. scene where they're traveling proper Hitchcock exactly yeah apart from that scene where they're traveling to the to the um the actual the haberdashery that becomes yeah. the the main the main set it's like two hours and fifteen minutes in a single room that's fucking amazing so yeah I, I, I can imagine like on a stage that'd be so cool but yeah very uh, very Hitchcock very so Hitchcock. come to his last latest film indeed. His last film. Which we actually saw in cinemas a year ago today. A year ago today, which nice is absolutely nice, mad. Nice I, little just, fact I remember it like it was like yesterday. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh. We, a year ago today, we went to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I remember 
remember this film coming out and everyone was posting for it. Yeah. I remember seeing the trailers for it. I'm thinking, this is Tarantino. Tarantino's like story of events, so he's going to change history about the Manson murders, and mm. and it is in a way. Yeah. And it's going to be like Manson's going to be in it and stuff like that. And in all through the trailers, you got that vibe from mm. it that it was just going to be about all this and stuff. Watching it, it's not. That's, it's that's it's just, a completely um, different film. That just acts as like a sort of time frame and a sort of yeah, it literally does. Just like just like a set era for this film to be set in, and it's like oh yeah, this is happening in the background, but it's it's not what the film's about. Yeah, it's like making a film set in World War Two, but like you're just watching a bunch of like. Kids this, who've this, been evacuated yeah. in Wales having a laugh. That's what it's like. It's, it's literally this film is literally a day in the life mm-hmm. of that era. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the DiCaprio comes back. He's in the lead role this time. Rick Dalton. Mm. He's absolutely superb. Um, Fucking, he's awesome. He just it? steals it, doesn't he? Yeah, he's just he's so good. He just eats up everything that's given to him. It's like his conviction to like to like sort of accept how much of like a failure he is. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> She keeps stroking at them. It's like, <laughs> it's amazing. And uh, Brad Pitt plays a stunt double. Brad Pitt. Yeah. So like Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, two Hollywood biggest probably actors of the last 20, 30 years. Never done a film together. Yeah, which is insane. Put together with Tarantino, and he puts them as best mates, and it's yeah. absolutely superb. Like yeah. honestly, I like I can't think of. A, a Leonardo DiCaprio is amazing. Like me and you can go on for days about how good an actor Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm. Brad Pitt keeps up with him. Oh yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, like yeah. even sometimes over, over like Brad Pitt nearly like basically probably steals this film from Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. He's yeah, yeah. absolutely superb in this film, and it just shows how good of an actor he is. Margot Robbie plays Sharon Tate. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she was murdered in, in um, the Manson murders. She's absolutely fantastic in this film, as she always is. Yeah. Um, and then it's literally just a who's who of there's actors, some of the, isn't it? Some of the appearances, like, um, so obviously there's someone in there, I can't remember the actor's name, but he plays Roman Polanski because mm-hmm. obviously his affiliation with um, Sharon Tate and all that. Yeah. Um, Raphael Zarachua plays. Is that who plays him? Roman Polanski. All right. Very risky putting Roman, Roman Polanski in this film. To but be it's, fair. It's, like he it's, had to be in it. It's got to be historically correct, doesn't it? And I think he did the best thing with it. Where I don't think he has one line of dialogue. Roman Polanski, it's just maybe sort of one or two. He's just in there because he's just sort he, of there. He, well, he was there at the time. He's got to be. You can't ignore the fact that he fucking existed. But that was probably the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just acknowledge he's there and don't give him any sort exactly. of exactly. Um, Damien Lewis plays. Um, Damien Lewis, Steve McQueen, Steve McQueen, and that is—it's fucking uncanny. It's brilliant. And he, isn't pops, it? he pops up for one scene, yeah. and he has like a two-minute scene talking about Sharon Tate. Yeah, yeah. But fucking hell, he's like the ringer of him, isn't he's he? He's creepy. Um, so yeah, Luke Perry, <laughs> Bruce Dern comes back into it after uh, Bruce Dern plays like an absolute freak. Um, Dakota Fanning is in it. Mm-hmm. So there's like all the little like the followers of Charles Manson, isn't there? So there's like Dakota yeah. Fanning's one. Lena Dunham's one of them. I don't like her whatsoever. Um, <laughs> Maya Hawke's in it. Yeah. Um, she is, yeah. Uma Thurman's daughter. Yeah, she plays from one of the like, Stranger the, uh, Things. She plays one of them. And guess what? 
he doesn't have any fucking shoes on. She doesn't have any shoes on? No. Nah. Fucking hell. She's got like proper dirty feet and she's like got them on the dashboard and Brad Pitt's pure looking He's fucking like horrible, isn't he? Horrible, mate. Kurt Russell is Randy Miller. Yeah. And the narrator. And Zoe Bell plays his Zoe wife. Zoe Bell's his wife. Michael yeah. Madsen's in it. Sheriff Hackett on Bounty yeah. Law. Fucking hell, yeah. He just is hey, just we're, forget, we're, we're forgetting about the, the fucking, the main fucking guy in this. The dog. <laughs> fucking Al Pacino. The dog. Al Pacino. Al Pacino, mate. <laughs> he's fucking perfectly Al placed Pacino. in this. He's perfectly placed in this. We've, we spoke, I've spoke, I've spoke about yeah, Al Pacino yeah. a lot. I just think Al Pacino is one of the best ever. Because he just does. He, he just does Al Pacino, doesn't he? He doesn't do any other sort of acting. He just loads of shouting. He's just absolutely. Sp- just when I thought I was out. <laughs> Pull me back in. <laughs> I love him. Al Pacino is fantastic. So, yeah, there's a scene where it's like Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Al Pacino. Just sitting around a t- on a, a table. table and it's like, like, what the fuck is going on here? It's absolutely superb. Um, Casting wise, I can get where people come from um, with the actual film. Yeah. Um, I mean, it. Everyone really who I like, spoke to said it was dead slow, said yeah, it would do that. They found it really, really boring. Um, I've seen loads of Facebook mums. <laughs> all the Karens. Don't go and see this film. All it's dead boring. All the Karens, because yeah. they all went to see it because Leonardo and Brad are in it. Yeah, and then they um, realised it's just it's just a really slow burn and dialogue. Homage to the cinema. Like. Yeah, but I like that because, as I said before, it's sold. The trailer sells it as a Manson like his twist yeah. on the Manson thing, and it's completely not that. Yeah. And he's like sub, he subverts it completely yeah. until like the last you know, it's twenty the, minutes yeah, of that yeah. film. Do you know what though? Like, um, so obviously we we like really fucking enjoyed it because it's just like you get dropped into this era. Yeah, and spe- uh, specifically in terms of like film history, like yeah. like that time, like moving on from the late fifties to the early sixties. Yeah, we sort of. Um, not not to sound like a, like a dickhead, but we sort of we know the history of cinema, so we can like sort of understand more what's going on with Leonardo DiCaprio's character and stuff. So, like, so yeah, so that like, sort um, of like um, everything moving from um, black and white to color, yeah, sounds all coming into it, and yeah. there's like it's it's like Leonardo DiCaprio's character's just struggling with that, yeah, because he's like he's change. a proper genre actor, isn't yeah, he? yeah. And then his his, his genre is gone. Yeah, like the, <laughs> the western's dead, and like he's getting like cast in all these different things, and he's he's fucked basically because <laughs> he can't do it. But um, oh no! The last so the last twenty minutes of this film, Fucking full amazing. on Tarantino, and absolutely superb. Yeah. Like, so but you're watching this film, and this there is undertones of like the whole Manson, Manson thing. It's it's around. not it's not the it's not the it's main plot just, whatsoever. No, no, it's, it's just Brad Pitt's like little yeah, side. Brad Pitt falls into it a little bit, and then there's just like you see the sort of like is like groupies almost. Yeah, yeah. They're like all about LA. He visits like, hanging their little that farm. scene's so tense. Oh, that's horrible. That scene, yeah. But then when he fucking nails that guy, like oh my god, like breaks his nose. That's amazing. But um, and his dog. Like I mentioned oh. before, Brad Pitt's dog in this yeah. film is. I wouldn't want to get it. I'd, like, that I'd like a Brad Pitt film. I'd like a film with just like Brad a spin-off. Pitt, just Brad Pitt and his dog. Just be absolutely superb. But talking of spin-offs, I've just I've just seen it then. Um a television series of Bounty Law depicted in the film as being de- developed by Tarantino. No way. And he's already written the fi- first five episodes. So he's gonna so it looks like Is it gonna, gonna be, be Rick little, Dalton? Little spin off. I don't know. Do you reckon he'll get him in there? 
mate, Leonardo DiCaprio just doing like <laughs> that would be actually really sick if it was just like a little DVD thing. Um, but yeah, that those the last twenty minutes. I don't know if you got this, but like, so the film develops and it it follows its own path and it's it's fucking amazing. Yeah. But I was like unsettled the entire time, thinking we're about to watch Margot Robbie's character get yeah. like yeah like really like horrifically murdered like for people who don't know Sharon Tate was a was a Hollywood actress like just like just like sort of broke through getting a bigger roles becoming more famous and she was killed with like was it four of her friends I think three yeah. or four of her friends um by uh Charles Manson family but she was eight months pregnant and yeah. she got like stabbed to death it was That's fucking horrific disgusting. so the whole time you're watching this film I was I was just, like, just the, on edge on the back of my mind I was like it's it's coming to it and then when they sort of like drive, so Rick Dalton, uh, DiCaprio's character, lives next door to, yeah, to Sharon lives at the Tate in the film. Yeah, Roman Polanski and Sharon drive, Tate's yeah. drive, doesn't he? Well, yeah, <laughs> like at the bottom of the drive, like a little fucking truck. Like <laughs> his, ha- his house is at the his bottom house, of the drive. His house yeah. is quite nice. Um, so you're like waiting for it the whole time, and then when that scene comes, like, how would we say this without spoiling it? I mean, it's another Tarantino it's a rewriting twist of history. Because something type happens thing. that puts mm. them off the house. Yeah, and basically puts that onto their. They, house end, they end up going into. Uh, so they yeah. uh, so they end up going into it, and it's and but uh, but they but like they pick the wrong two people yeah. to mess with. At the time as well, Brad Pitt's just taking his dog for a walk. Yeah, and he's got this. He's had this like cigarette the whole film that's been dipped in acid, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he decided to smoke it that night. <laughs> Oh my god! And the whole time, like he's he's in there with the Manson family, off his fucking tits with his dog, with his dog, and that fucking massive tin of dog and food. Then, and then the whole Leonardo time, DiCaprio's like got full, every he's prop he's been in in every he's, film. He's on an inflatable in the pool with his headphones. He doesn't even know what's going on. <laughs> oh, I won't even won't even say what he actually does. But, Amazing. But then that really nice touch at the end. Yeah. When um, how can we? We can't even say without spoiling it, can we? The the invite him up to the house. Yeah, and it's like, and then it like just like lingers on on hair as yeah. she like goes into the house and then it comes up with the title and it's like that's what it means like once upon a time in Hollywood yeah, yeah. like once upon a time in an ideal world yeah. she she wouldn't have you know we've, we've sort of spoiled it but we haven't actually we said haven't, anything but, but just yeah, I mean it. it's, it's been out for a year it, it's it's a film you've really should, should have seen like, absolutely it's superb if, you, if you're not massively into film just bear with it it's long but just appreciate it for what it is yeah. it's, it, it looks amazing the soundtrack's fucking amazing as well it's a bit um, weak. crying because the little girl tells him he's a good. I love it when he's in when he's in the um, when in he's in his trailer, trailer having his meltdown because <laughs> he, he's like he's like he's like an alcoholic as well, isn't yeah. he? Leonardo DiCaprio, and he's like, I'm not fucking drinking, and he like throws his flask, and then it, it's the, all like jump cuts, and then like literally the next course he's like he digs out his flask and starts like necking his whiskey again. Oh, Brilliant, amazing. absolutely superb. Watch it for sure. Um, so yeah, that was Tarantino. Yeah, I mean. There's rumours he's only going to do 10 films. I think he's done... I think he wants if, if, 13, doesn't he, or something? No, it's 10. Is it? Well, he, I don't think he's ever actually said, like, I'm going to do 10. But oh, no, he has. On that round roundhouse one. So, in which case, I the think... The round table, they said they were actually going to yeah. only do 10 films, and he's like, yeah, I actually am. Why? He's Keep only got that. two left or one left. It, it, it depends what ones he counts. I'm not sure if he counts Death Proof. Um, but he's on around eight or nine. So, the rumours are that Kill Bill 3 will be his last one. Star Trek. Oh, surely not though. Surely can't count that. Does he want to direct it? He wants to do a Star Trek film. Like write it or direct He's it. He's already wrote it. Oh. And he wants to direct it. And he wants it all in his style, but he wants it like classic T V show style as well. Where can't he just, just fuck off pitch. and not do that? 
I know because he's. I just feel like he's established himself as an author, author, and now he's just like. If he just did two more, two more bangers. Now he's fucking off doing this. Um, to be fair, though, the films he's done, like he's well within his right. In November 2017, Tarantino and J.J. Abrams pitched an idea for a Star Trek film with Abrams assembling a, a writer's room. If both approve of the script, Tarantino will direct and Abrams will produce. Um, in January 2020, Tarantino stated the film might be made, but he would not direct it. So it looks like he's just going to do the script for it. So now. if he's just writing it, then that's that's, that's fine. That's good news. Count. Yeah. Yeah, he can't. He can't be directing the fucking Star Trek. Well, yeah, I'd like him to direct Star Trek. Yeah, but you look at his his um, filmography and the way it's going. These past mm. four films have been phenomenal. Yeah, you want him to sort of continue that. You don't want to just drop True. a Star Trek in there. True. But at the same time, though, it's like um, you don't want him to go on forever because eventually his quality is going to dip. But it will. It happens with all the best directors. They, they start making films that aren't that good. So in a way, like he's well within he his right. Ridley Scott. What'd you say Ridley Scott's dipped? Some of his films are fucking awful. Some of them are quite good though. Still. Yeah, some of them are, but some of them like Martian's brilliant. Yeah, but some of them aren't so good. Do you know what I'm saying? No, Anyone he's else? like he's not he's not gonna be <laughs> look, I'm not <laughs> I'm just he's saying dipped. I'm just saying he's not gonna be good forever. For example, in terms of what you're saying before, if yeah. you started making yeah. films like Jackie Brown and Kill Bill, would exactly. you would you be happy? No, exactly. Uh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So he's well within his right to, to stop after ten but if you're listening, Quentin, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's been the director deep dive for Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino's. Yeah, if you love feet, watch his films. Yeah, <laughs> loves loves a toe. <laughs> loves a towing. <laughs> on that note, Salma Hayek's toes. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> on, on that note, uh, thanks for listening. Cheers, Jake. Cheers, Adam. Bye. <laughs> toes. <laughs> Embarrass yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. Well, you're drinking all night. Fucking drinking again. Eight goddamn fucking whiskey sours. <sighs> fucking bullshit. You're a fucking miserable drunk. You fucking remembering your fucking lines. I practiced them and now I don't look like I goddamn practiced them. You're sitting there like a fucking baboon. <laughs> Whiskey sour. I couldn't stop it fucking three or four every Why? You're a fucking alcoholic. You fucking drink too much, huh? Every fucking night, every fucking night. That's it. That's fucking it. That's fucking it. You stop drinking right now. Alright? Make a promise to yourself you're gonna stop fucking drinking. Oh, oh, oh. God. fucking girl. You're gonna show that goddamn Jim Stacy. You're gonna show all of them on that goddamn fucking set who the fuck Rick Dalton is, alright? Let me tell you something. You don't get these lines right. I'm gonna blow your fucking brains out tonight, alright? Your brains are gonna be splattered all over your goddamn pool. I mean it, motherfucker. Get your shit together.